You're listening to The Secret Truth, Conspiracies Exposed. I'm your co-host, Scott Patton, along with Mark Willison. Hey, Mark, how are you doing today? I'm great, Scott. How about yourself? I'm doing awesome. So, uh, is it hot where you are? Nope, it's actually pretty cold. We've got a big storm rolling in here, so looking what? forward to some snow. You're not, uh, like, you're not in, in a heat wave? No, not here. Oh, man. <laughs> We're not having a heat wave where I am either. In fact, we've got record snows up in the mountains. So I don't understand this global warming. I can't wait for it to, you know, hit. Yeah, me too. I mean, when are we going to break, break out the, uh, the Mai Tais and the Pina Coladas already? What's going I, on here? I spent a couple weeks in uh, Hawaii uh, about a month ago, and I, and I thought, oh, I can't wait for this weather to hit my, my home uh, town, right? And it's just, it just hasn't arrived here yet. Yeah, no, well, I'm not, uh, I'm not holding my breath at this point. <laughs> <laughs> so this is the premier, or the premier, the premier, the premier edition of The Secret Truth. And uh, our plan is to take a look at all sorts of uh, conspiracies, theories about it, things that are happening uh, in the news as it happens, and, uh, and expose it. Like, just say, you know, hold on a second here. This just isn't making a lot of sense. And we have uh, a certain philosophy that you'll get to uh, know and understand and hopefully uh, love and enjoy over the, over the coming months and years. And our first one that we wanted to talk about was the whole global warming thing. And uh, I don't know, some people say it's a hoax. Some people say it's this. Some people say it's that. All I know is growing up, Every year the weather seemed to be a little bit different. Uh, sometimes colder, sometimes hotter. And <laughs> yet now we have scientists telling us all sorts of stuff, our government telling us all sorts of stuff. And I think what causes a concern for me is when I see my uh, liberties being infringed upon by the activities done in the name of and fill in the blank. In this particular case today, we're going to be talking about global warming. But it seems to me that, uh, you know, exhaust from cars are an issue. And so, you know, if that's causing global warming, we should all be riding bikes, right? Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> riding bikes and uh, going out and buying new hybrid cars and, and like. <laughs> all that good stuff. Yeah, but you know what? If it wasn't because of that, right? We're doing spending all this money for no reason. Well, it wouldn't be the first time. I'm sure not the last time either. <laughs> so, Mark, what's your take on global warming? Well, I'm glad you asked. I think um, I think that that's a good question, and I think the best place to start with that question is is to determine, you know, where do you where do you stand as far as is the planet actually, do you believe that the planet is actually even getting warmer? And I would have to say for myself that, uh, you know, there's lots of people that, that claim that it is so, and they, they show us nice pretty graphs of, uh, of carbon dioxide levels and temperature readings and tell us about how they, they're digging holes in the ice caps and pulling up ice core samples that, that indicate to us that, uh, that the planet is indeed getting warmer. I myself, uh, you know, I, I, I don't know, because I hear a lot of people that say, in fact, that the Earth is getting cooler as well, and that it's not getting warmer at all. And so at this point, I'm not, I'm not 100% sure, 
you know who to believe. Mm-hmm. And and the other side of it is the other part of the issue is whether this is man-made or part of a natural cycle that occurs. And and I think and I want to separate something right here. You know, like let's pretend. So we're just pretending that it is man-made. Right. So the, okay. the answer then is well, you know, we should look at we should do what we can to have less of a negative impact on the planet. Sure. It's right. Makes now sense. let's pre- let's pretend that it's not man-made. We should do what we can to have less of a negative impact on the planet. Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> right? You know, and then I think that gets missed in the whole conversation. Like we have this it is man-made, so we need to do something. It isn't man-made, so we don't need to do something. Well, if you go to New York or you go to Tokyo or you go to Mexico City or even L.A. and on a bad day there you stand out on the street, you will get sick because the air is so bad. I mean, some of these cities, are, I really believe, are dying a slow death. When you go to Tokyo and you see pictures and you, and you have to wear a gas mask when you go outside, there's a big problem. And there's no doubt that's man-made. But is that causing global warming or not? Like, is really kind of irrelevant. Like, we need to create cities that are uh, habitable and aren't destroying that area of the planet. Because I mean, there's no doubt that if you go to downtown Tokyo and you can't breathe the air, there is a big problem there, right? Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, the city I live in is not even very big. I mean, we have maybe 300,000 people, and we get uh, regular winds blowing in, and we're up in the mountains. But on, uh, you know, on many, many, many days, you can drive into town and you see that whole, just like a line of smog, just co- you know, like a huge fog blanket covering the entire city, and it just, you know, it's disgusting. You know, I don't know why anybody would would want to encourage that or or say that we wouldn't want to, uh, you know, try and eliminate that or reduce that as best we could. Right. And I'm not, you know, I'm a I'm a technology geek myself, so I'm not the kind of person that says I, you know, that we should all give up our cars and start riding bicycles all over again. Mm-hmm. But no, me neither. Because if you're going to go on a hundred mile trip and you're doing it on a bike <laughs> and you got to get there in two hours, it's a problem. That's right. Not going to happen. <laughs> not going to happen. <laughs> but I think. And one of the things that you know we're talking about in The Secret Truth is we want to expose conspiracies. We want to open up people's minds. We want to get them to understand where their, uh, you know, what the real agenda is. Because if you, you know, if you say, wow, there's this global warming, it's a big problem. You go to Copenhagen, you want to do all of these things to fix it and you want to impose stuff on people, then I think you come to a real problem. And, and it may be also, the other thing too, in my opinion, is global warming has become the new Catholic religion or the new Jewish religion or the new Islamic religion or the new Buddhist religion. It's just because if you... Because to me, it's like, you know, if you look at um, the Crusades or the Spanish Inquisition or whatever, you know, it's like, you don't believe what we believe? Great, we're going to, you know, uh, kill you. 
and it's kind of like if you don't believe there's global warming, I'm, I get the kind of the same sideways looks. Like, how can this be that you don't believe it? Because so many people have said it's true, and it's kind of like, well, just because so many people say it's true doesn't mean it is. We used to all believe the world was flat, but <laughs> uh, what? But how, yeah. How, short, how soon people forget? How? Yeah. And the thing that uh, that happens, of course, is we have thought leaders, and they're on the bandwagon, and it's hard to 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 change that that um, kind of paradigm that's out there, right? And uh, President Barack Obama, on November 19, 2008, said, few challenges facing America and the world are more urgent than combating climate change. The science is beyond dispute and the facts are clear. And there's a full-page ad that these guys took out that said, with all due respect, Mr. President, that is not true. We, the undersigned scientists, maintain that the case for alarm regarding climate change is grossly overstated. Surface temperature changes over the past century have been episodic and modest, and there has been no net global warming for over a decade now. After controlling for population growth and property values, there have been no increase in damages from severe weather-related events. The computer models forecasting rapid temperature change objectively fail to explain recent climate behavior. Mr. President, your characterization of the scientific facts regarding climate change and the degree of certainty informing the scientific debate is simply incorrect. And then there's, just, I don't know how many people signed this, right? But they're all PhDs. They're from places like the University of Alaska, uh, the Uni uh, University of the Sciences, Philadelphia, Stockholm University, New Zealand University, American Nuclear Society, uh, University of Kashmir, University of uh, State Geologist in Kansas, Plymouth State University, uh, University of Bergen, I don't know where that is, Meteorologists, Colorado State University, Monash University, Princeton University, University of Connecticut, University of Arizona, I mean, U.S. Navy, I mean, it just goes on and on and on. And all of these guys, PhDs, from the, uh, it was paid by the Cato Institute, C-A-T-O dot org. I'm sure you can find it on there if you want to take a look at it. So, and in, our, in any society, I think, to be healthy, we need to have healthy debate. Absolutely. And, and the, debate, this, the debate that everyone wants to focus on seems to be, is it man-made or not? Absolutely. And, uh, and yeah, you're right, they... They might, they may very well be missing the entire point altogether. Yeah, like to, to us or to me, and I, I think Mark, you would agree that it's we, if we have a problem, let's fix the problem, but let's fix the right problem, and let's not make the problem worse by trying to fix it. And you know, there's a problem in the Pacific Ocean. There's an area the size of France that is full of plastic, garbage, uh, plastic and garbage, and cans and bottles and everything else and the way the currents run uh, in the north I believe it runs to the west and in the south or along the equator it runs to the east and this kind of circular motion just takes all the garbage and keeps putting it into the center. Well, it's the size of France wow. and it's garbage. So, you know, that's man-made. Right? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, the garbage didn't come from meteors or from the beluga whale or, you know, it's not naturally occurring. That's our mess. We should clean it up. No question about that, right? Absolutely. Um, and, you know, if you go to these countries and, or cities and the 
and the pollution levels are really high, we definitely need to clean it up. And, and we do have an impact on the planet from that perspective. But if you're going to go and say, okay, we're going to do carbon credits and we're going to do this and we're going to do that, which basically results in massive funds going from one place to another place, uh, you know, does that really have anything to do with climate change? Yeah, that's a, that's a good question. I mean, it's it's hard to really really pinpoint exactly, you know, how 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 to measure. Let's you know, even if we did implement all of the all of the things that they're talking about, you know, how do you actually measure the your success? You know, if you if you're having dealing with several variables all at the same time, how do you know, in fact, what it is that's even working? Hmm. Well, and what if like the CO2 levels is a major, uh, major concern, right? Sure. And are they higher now than they've ever been? From what I understand, they are not. In fact, we're at one of the lowest periods as far as CO2 levels that, uh, that we've ever experienced. And, you know, everybody says, oh, my gosh, the, the carbon dioxide level goes up. Our temperature is going up, you know, side by side, you know, on a linear scale, and it's and from what I understand, that is clearly, you know, not the case. There were, there was lots of, uh, lots of life on this planet, you know, prior to human existence, and carbon dioxide levels were much, much higher. For example, you know, the time of the dinosaurs, they were, they were much, much higher. And the plants that, you know, the plants that grew at that time were, grew to be much, much bigger, and therefore the, the, the animals that ate those plants were able to, to grow much larger. And of course the, you know the carnivores that eat, eat eat all the other animals. You know they were able to to get larger as well, and so your entire ecosystem was actually, in a sort, kind of on overdrive. And so hmm. for people to be, you know, really scared off and uh, think that it's going to be doom and gloom if the carbon dioxide goes up, yeah, I'm I'm not a I'm not a hundred percent convinced. Right, right. <laughs> Well, and I think that's one of the, that's really brought up a good point. You know, we, <clears throat> if you look back 400,000 years and you look at the carbon dioxide levels and they were, and we're not talking a little itty bit more than what they are now. We're talking like massive amounts more than what they are now, right? Yeah, I believe, I mean, we're, we're at, at about an average of 350 parts per million right now and you know, during the time of the dinosaurs, apparently it was 1,200 parts per million. So, I mean, that's more than a, you know, a fourfold increase. And, you know, I mean, that's pretty, that's pretty dramatic. And So what we should be talking about is not the concern for climate change. We should be talking about the concern of the return of the dinosaurs. Absolutely, yeah. They should be far more afraid of T-Rex and, uh, and the velociraptors than they should, than they should have... Uh, you know, I guess dying from a sunburn or something. I don't, I'm not exactly uh, not exactly sure about. All, you know, nobody really says what the doom and gloom is is going to be, except for maybe more increased earthquakes and you know hurricanes and stuff like that. But you know, I don't see the evidence to support that e- support that either. Right, right. Well, there was a an article we were looking at called "The Past and Future of Climate" by David Archibald. He wrote it in May 2007, and there's one little part in it where he he has a graph, and it's the last four ice ages. 
And he says, the last three million years has seen extreme fluctuations in temperature at the mid to high latitudes, okay, which is where we're concerned about, right? Sure. Because that's where we are. I mean, I don't think anyone has to worry about it getting any hotter in the, in the uh, equator area. And, it, and he's got a graph showing 400,000 years of data. And he says the temperature range from top to bottom is 10 degrees centigrade. So you can see a fluctuation of, uh, you know, 10 degrees throughout these, these ice ages, right? Sure. And, but when the uh, temperature dropped and then started to increase, there was an increase in carbon dioxide. The thing is, is that the increase in carbon dioxide occurred then the temperatures went up. And he says the uh, carbon dioxide level lags temperature by about 800 years. So if all the carbon dioxide we're plowing into the environment was going to have a, a, an increase in temperature effect, we actually wouldn't see it until 2810. Wow. <laughs> that's, uh, that's, that's quite, that's a, quite a few few generations I was going to say, I'm not sure if I'll be around to see that, but uh, <laughs> cross our fingers, I suppose. <laughs> That's right. So, we, uh, anyway, the, anything else you want to add on global warming? Well, I would, I would like to suggest that, uh, you know, for, for those of you out there that believe that, that it is real and, and that it is man-made, um, you know what? Do, what do we do about it? And I think the the first thing that comes to my mind is, you know, obviously you want to you would want to reduce the amount of carbon dioxide that you're producing. And so I think that we're you know we're kind of on the right track as far as the you know the the automobiles and trying to reduce the emissions from the factories and so forth. But at the same time, I would also suggest that we you know we we help to build up the planet's natural immune system which are the trees and the forests. And, you know, if we're going to, if we are producing carbon dioxide, we would at least like to have a way to, to dispel it and get rid of it and, and convert it into something that's useful like oxygen. But if we keep cutting down all the forests to, you know, to make paper so that they can send us these credit card offers in the mail and so forth, <laughs> then... Uh, you get those too, do you? <laughs> oh, yeah. Just, just every once in a while, you know. But... um yeah, I think if we, you know, if we could start replanting the forests and and maybe not, you know, you don't even have to necessarily be, you know, planting the, you know, huge trees that take, you know, hundreds of years, but but you could just, you know, do a lot more in terms of conservation of of the forests and in particular like the rainforests and you know, we have a lot of alternatives as far as you know, producing paper and lumber and things like that that we could, you know, that we could be using. Um Lots of, you know, they, for years and years and years, they used to use um, hemp fiber to, to not only, you know, make rope and, and uh, paper and stuff like that. I mean, but gosh, they even, as far as I understand it, they signed the Declaration of Independence on hemp paper. Mm. And so it was... Bamboo is another good one, too, because yeah. I have a, a friend that sells bamboo clothes, and I tried on a t-shirt and some socks, and I thought, whoa, this is so nice and it lasts quite a long time too and of course bamboo uh, you know grows like a weed so absolutely yeah there's i mean that's those are two great options right there that you know we could be using to you know to produce our uh, our lumber and our 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 wood and paper products and so forth 
and then we can let the trees be the forest and you know all the all the environmental rights people out there that are into protecting the animals then they would have a place for the animals to actually continue to live which as I understand it is the big problem with endangered species in the first place is you know that we've been encroaching on their territory so I think uh, I think if they're going to get dramatic and, and start making any laws about uh, about man-made global warming and carbon dioxide production they need to also consider you know the how to how to dispose of that carbon dioxide and start, you know, putting effort into maintaining the uh, the natural defense system of of the planet. Right. I think that's a I think that's a great point. And and looking at what we I mean we can all make a huge change just by looking at what we purchase and how we spend our money and how we spend our time and what we do. Um, you know, and I and it's not about. I mean, there are going to be changes. I mean, there was a massive earthquake in Haiti recently, and it's caused a lot of suffering and a lot of problems, and we need to, you know, get in there, and we need to help those people. And I think we need to look at areas of, you know, okay, say in Africa, what can we do to uh, reforest or rebush or replant the local uh, plants and animals, or local plants that were in those areas that, have, for whatever reason, have... Uh, you know, been over, uh, overused or over, uh, over cut down. You know, yeah. cut down the trees and everything else. And when you start putting those trees back in there, they have amazing results. When you start planting and, and uh, reforesting, and, and I think that that's a big part of the problem is making sure that we're replacing what we're taking. Absolutely, absolutely. Sustain sustainability. Yeah, and I want to I want to end on uh, one. One last comment, which has to do with Antarctica, because there's all this concern about uh, ice shelves uh, falling into the water and melting. And if all the ice in Antarctica melted, we'd be, you know, 10 feet higher at sea level and stuff like that. And according to the National Snow and Ice Data Center, the University of Colorado, since measurements began in 1979, Antarctic ice, sea ice, has continued to expand. Contra- contrary to what the news media would have you believe. Um, you, so anyway, and there's pictures there uh, that show the basic, where the ice normally is, and uh, oh, so it looks a little less in this area and a little more in that area, and it doesn't look like it's changed too much in the last 30 years. In fact, the sea ice stats for November 2009 are higher than what they were in 1979. So. Uh, we're getting there's lots of information being put out there and I think at your peril even what we say you know go check it out absolutely yeah you know go to the University of Colorado and go for look for the National Snow and Ice Data Center check it out for yourself become informed don't take what everybody says is gospel because uh, you know we all you know everybody's got their opinions but on something like this I think it's really important that we uh you know, uh, look at all sides of it, and then and then decide. I mean, you, you don't have to look very far. Like you said, you look out you, out at the sky, and it's like brown. It's not supposed to be brown. So we have a problem. Let's do something. And at the local level, you can. You know, you write your mayor, you write your your governor, your your uh, senators and congressmen. Absolutely, absolutely. You know, get involved and say, I don't like this. So what do we need to do to fix it? 
And uh, when people take action like that, you would be surprised. You have a huge impact. Absolutely. Absolutely. Right. Well, I guess... Um I guess for our for our next show, I'd, we should we ought to dive a little bit more into the other side of the flip side of the coin that if uh, that if global warming is occurring, but it's not being caused by man, you know, lots of theories about the the sun, you know, going through changes right now that are you know the sun is putting out solar flares and different kinds of things like that, and uh, I think it'd be really neat to dive into that a little bit and find out what you know what kind of solution you know if global warming is indeed happening. And it's not being caused by man, or at least not to a uh, the majority of it. Let's say, what what kind of things would we do about that? And mm. and what you know, I mean, when we go out and we look at the you know what's going on with the other planets in our solar system, are we seeing the same kind of things? Um, are we seeing other planets heating up as well? And if so, what could be causing that? Right, and certainly not our CO2. I, I would find that quite a stretch to believe, <laughs> yes. <laughs> awesome. So join us next time, everybody. We're going to look at global warming part two. What are other potential causes? And even is there global warming? Maybe it's global cooling. And if in that case, what's causing that? Because we know something's causing what's going on, and we're going to get to the bottom of it. That's right. You've been listening to The Secret Truth, Conspiracies Exposed. Join us next time, everybody.